You are listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I recap and analyze the third episode of Chuck, Chuck versus the Tango. Remember to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at gochuckpodcast. Like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Chuck yourself. We're doing it. It's episode three. I hope that you are all. Um, I hope you're you're chucking yourselves at home. Oh boy. I hope that you are putting this on and you're chucking with one another. <laughs> I think that would be great. No. Um, you can do it. Morning, daytime, nighttime. Just Something get everyone. You know what? Get everyone you know. Get and the just whole family involved. Get your whole just family and just start party. all chucking your whole entire family. That sounds really good. That's what we want you to do. Just get grab all your friends, all your family, your pets. Oh yeah, and just well, chuck we them have all. Templeton right here, so we do. We're, we're gonna we're chuck Templeton him so right hard. now. Yep. I feel like uh, in an improv scene when somebody like runs in front of them, I feel like I want to do that now. Okay, that's fine. I, I have to stay still. That's fine. You're running in front of me. Okay. Um. We are three episodes in now, so if this was a date, we would be uh, going going home to Chuck now. So we are yeah. we are committing to this podcast. We, we have, yeah, yeah. We have passed the point of no return, so you're stuck with us, or one might say you're Chuck with us. And I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I think after this particular episode, which is episode three, Chuck versus the Tango, which we're about to discuss, mm-hmm. I think we're both looking to go home with Chuck. After this particular one. I would love to tango with Chuck. Absolutely. I would like to tango with everyone in this episode. I thought everyone was great. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling real jazzed up. I told you about this earlier. I'm jazzed about this episode. I'm rearing to go. I want to talk about the episode really bad, but there's something else we need to talk about. Please. Which is that you are a year older now since our last recording. I mean, that's... That's not exactly how time works. You've aged an entire year. I've aged an entire year in one week. Um, I looked in the mirror today and I saw one wrinkle, so I knew that um, I'm 25 years old. I also am having a lot of trouble fixing my computer. I can't get iMessages to work for some reason, so that's how you know you're uh, fastly approaching elderly times. So you're 25 going on 70? Yeah, probably like 75, I don't know. I also have a lot of grandkids, and I ask them for help with my computer constantly. That just happened. Yeah, I was wondering who all those little kids were running around here. Yeah. And those are your grandkids. Yeah, those are my grandkids. Interesting, yeah. interesting. I'm Chris Gillespie, by the way. This is Chris Gillespie. I'm Aaron Arata. We are the hosts of this show. Aaron just had her birthday. I did. I'll pause so you can say happy birthday to me. Please sing. Thank you. You can sing. We can't sing because yeah, can't happy sing. birthday, of course, copyrighted, so we can't do it. Yeah. Um... But we'll, I'll be thinking about it in my head. I'll send it to you telepathically. Yes. Did you do anything fun for your birthday? Um, I went to a tea. Um, I got... A tea for two? A tea for two. I got... Is that is that something that comes up a lot for you? Tea for twos? At the, a tea on the menus? A tea for two. Okay, whatever. Two for tea. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Is that copyrighted too? Probably, yeah. <sighs> I had some little tea sandwiches. Uh, they were... Part of the healthy menu, which just means the allergy menu. The other menu is called the regular menu, which really makes everyone eating it feel very bad about themselves. But 
I got the healthy one, so. You're regular sometimes. That's true, yeah. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Some of the time. Yep. And so, then, that's that's what I did. I also saw the film Mission Impossible. Five, Mission Impossible. Five, six, how many is it? I've never seen the other ones. I don't so, know. Uh, there was a scene, as I texted you, mm. in which um, Tom Cruise is in a helicopter having a fight with the pilot of the helicopter and some other people and accidentally shoots the pilot, so he then has to fly the helicopter. And there's some hilarious hijinks. And I thought, this looks pretty familiar. So, Tom Cruise uh, stole from Chuck, speaking of copyright infringement. Specifically, episode two, Chuck versus the previous the episode of this, Chuck yes. versus the helicopter. So, it should have been called Ethan Hunt versus the helicopter, but they well, didn't want to bring wow. that upon themselves. Yeah. Wait, uh, you know, steal it from how, Chuck. How the mighty have fallen. True. Yeah. True. And you, how was the movie overall? Did you uh, like it? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I didn't know you were like a Mission Impossible. I mean, I person. haven't seen the other ones. No. So I was, I was just there. It was in IMAX. There was this one, uh, little like box in the middle of the screen, like this one little pixel item that was not exactly working. So any scene that was like a monotone color, I would see this like little white box, and it was really annoying because I kept thinking that was supposed to be part of the scene, and I was confused about like what it meant. But apparently, it just meant the screen wasn't working. Moving images, man. They trick you. I was thinking, when you had told me that you'd seen Mission Impossible Fallout Boy? Yeah, Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy, Mission Impossible Fallout Boy. Pete Wentz made a cameo, that's why they called it that. Did, in the helicopter, when Tom Cruise was steering it, was he like, Sugar, we're going down. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what he said. I was thinking about how, at some point, when I was younger, for my birthday, the plan, sorry... No, I don't want to give too much away, but the plan <laughs> was that we were going to go to the movies and see Agent Cody Banks 2. Oh my god, Agent Cody Banks 2 is a classic. I wouldn't know because I've never seen oh, it. Oh no! Because on the ride there, a friend at the time, who will, will remain nameless, uh, was saying that he wasn't feeling well. Uh-oh. He didn't actually throw up, but because you kind of have to give kids the benefit of the doubt, and they're like, oh, he's like, he thinks he's going to throw up, so it's we got to respect that. He was... <laughs> Decided that he wasn't feeling well, so we had to turn the car around, and we were unable to go to the movie. So I have not seen Agent Cody That's Banks a shame. Too. It's really good. Hilary Duff, Frankie, Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz! <laughs> I've never seen it. I saw the first one, still haven't seen it, and I just feel really excluded from, you know, our generation, conversations, culture, because of the pivotal role that Agent Cody Banks 2 plays it was, yeah, it was a really life. formative moment for me, and I don't think I would be the person I am today without seeing it. Frankie Muniz! I don't want to make you feel worse about this, but do you feel like a weird kinship to, like, movies that you've seen on your birthday? Like, you think, like, that was a birthday movie for me. Yes. Uh, I feel a kinship to Ice Princess, starring Michelle Trachtenberg. Okay. And also the first Mamma Mia, um, which I saw with my, with my Mamma Mia. Um, and we were the only people in the theater on that very special birthday of mine, other than three old women who came out giggling and blushing, and they said, that Pierce, he's such a hottie. And my mom tells that story often. Mm. So now, with Mama Mia 2 being out, I think about that a lot. It's one of my birthday movies. What about you? I think I have, I don't know if this holds up, I think the DreamWorks animated movie... Robots. Oh my god, I think, I think about think robots a all the time. Early March release. Yeah. 
Maybe. Yes. I think. Probably. We'll say yes. I want to say one of the live action Scooby Doo movies, but I don't okay. think that's the case. I think I just saw it on theaters at some point. <laughs> um, I think Watchmen. Okay. Oh, you mentioned this. Was yeah, maybe. You got it, excited de- no, about it. No, it definitely was because I got excited yeah. about it because this was before everything was a Marvel movie. So, like, oh, cool, a gritty superhero movie. And I was like, my 17th birthday or 18th birthday? I don't know. But I saw Watchmen. I was like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> uh, and it was not until several years after that that I read the graphic novel. I was like, yeah. oh, this is what I watched. Now, now you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a connection to birthday movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we got Ethan Hunt. We got. Agent Cody Banks, who is portrayed by Frankie Muniz, <laughs> and then we have Chuck Bartowski, or should I say Charles Carmichael. You'll find out. We'll find out. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back talking about episode three of Chuck, Chuck versus the Tango, right here on Go Chuck Yourself. I think I might go Chuck myself right now a little bit. again back with more of go chuck yourself episode three we're gonna dive into chuck versus the tango the third episode of the first season which i am just beyond excited to get into i know aaron you perhaps really, yeah it was a really good also episode. excited i'm holding a smiley face mug that's how, how excited feel? i am yeah this kind is how of I feel. Me of Watchmen, though, so. Oh damn it it is like Watchmen. Yeah. Well, look at the winky side because there's a winky side that doesn't look like Watchmen that's yeah. like the Watchmen foreign parody. This is... And then the other one is like real Watchmen. Yeah, wow. You know, it just makes you think, who watches the Watchmen? I think that a lot, actually. As Chris said, I really like this episode. Um, I think of the three that we've seen so far, it was definitely my favorite. I think yeah. it was the strongest. Me I too. didn't have really many issues with it. I just had a really good time watching it. I'm looking forward to talking about it. I had such a good time. So. And uh, I was like, this is going to be... Hopefully good to talk about. It yeah. might not be. Yeah, it might, might be awful. But well, let's find out. Let's find out now. Uh, so this episode just like really gets going right from the get-go. We open on an art gallery kind of building in Iran, and there's these two men and a painting. Two men and a painting is a classic, classic movie. film. Um, one of the guys says, that painting's really ugly. Then the other guy just like ups and shoots him in the face. The guy falls, and the first guy steals the painting. So that happens 17 seconds in. A guy's dead, another guy's stolen a painting, we are cruising. Then we get 32 seconds in, the painting's now in Madrid. Another guy is talking about how ugly it is, he gets shot in the chest by this guy with a long braid, braid guy takes the painting. So, one of the first things I noticed about this, like, Chuck is not shying away from death, everybody's killing everybody up in here, but, like, these, it's really not shying away from showing, like, these men, like, falling to the ground, they got, like, wide eyes, there's not really a lot of blood, but they, like, are definitely having like hitting the ground with their eyes open and it really like brought home for me how like kind of unusual that is in like you know like network television and it made me think about how when I was little I didn't realize people died with their eyes open I thought that they had to be closed because I was seeing things like like cartoons like your Bambis and you're the Lion Kings and everything and then I saw the classic film Summer of the Monkeys which I don't know if you remember, but there is a man who dies with his eyes open, and I remember being very concerned and running up to my mom and saying, Mom, this movie made a mistake. That's not possible, is it? And that's how I learned that you can die with your eyes open. Wow, what a 
you uh, were experiencing a loss of innocence. I was, And yes, you were in denial the summer about of the it. monkeys. I what is the summer of the monkeys? I, I can't remember the plot of it other than that someone dies. There's like these... Is it animated? These kids, no, it's like a live action movie. It's like one of those like live action Disney like period pieces. Okay. And there's like this girl and her brother and then something happens like there's monkeys... They're, they live in, like, a rural area, and there's, like, this old man that lives in the woods, and he's kind of grumpy, but then they befriend him, and then he dies because his house falls on him. But he dies with his eyes open because he was looking up at the house collapsing. Mm. And I don't know what the monkeys have to do with anything, and I kind of get it confused with that one about the geese. Do you remember that one? Fly Away Home? Do you remember that? No? I do not. These were, maybe these were, like, little girl Disney movies, but... Or maybe they weren't Disney movies? I think they're they're definitely... Some of the Monkeys is definitely a Disney film. This is me typing. Oh, they know. They know. Um, it was a book from 1976, and it's a Disney film from 1998. So... Really? American-Canadian family adventure drama film. So, there you have it, Chris. What do I know? I guess I just missed that one. I'll have to... I'll add that to the list with Agent Cody Banks, too. Yeah. So, we have a... Uh, we, ha- we have the painting ending up in L.A. The man with the braid is selling it. He gets money. Then the guy he sold it to shoots him. Then he insults the painting. And I wanted to ask you, is the painting that bad? I think it was that bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it's just a painting of... Oh, water, like a pond? Water lilies? A yeah, water lilies? Yeah, water lilies. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny that they kept saying that the painting yeah. was bad and people kept dying. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. my kind of comedy. Um, apparently the percentage of Chuck's job that doesn't involve flirting with nerd herd customers is entirely spent hanging out with children by the big TVs because the episode starts on him when he's helping this, like, cute little boy with a shooting game. But you don't know that's a shooting game right away. It just looks like a very realistic handgun, <laughs> which I immediately was like, is that a real gun? Because it's all black, looks to be the size of a handgun. There's no orange tip. There's no fake video game part red color. Yeah. It just is all black. Which it's one of those, those hardcore games from 2010, 2007. No, but even if you can't have something that resembles a gun without an orange like it either needs to be a gun or it needs to be something that has, has a piece of it that indicates that's not an actual firearm you know who you can take that up with who can i take that up with big mike a very authoritative figure who calls chuck into his office to talk about the assistant manager job that was a great transition by me that was a really great that might be the, <laughs> the <laughs> i'm gonna win an emmy for that this could one. be goodyear tires transition of the app <laughs> Thanks, Goodyear Tires. So, Big Mike is talking to Chuck about the assistant manager job. We have a recurring item here where Big Mike is like, hey, Chuck, do you want this job? And Chuck kind of has, like, a big pause, and then he says he does. Big Mike tells Chuck that he's going to have to clean out or fix or whatever this room of computers that I guess people have dropped off. I don't really know what the deal is here. Um, but I have a question for you, because I think that through all of the five seasons that I watched, I never questioned this, but why is there a cage in their back room? Well, stores like this would have a cage in the back room. This actually brings up a good point that I didn't realize. Um, they would have a cage in the back room for expensive items that they don't trust to leave for associates who are back there, Mm -hmm. for delivery people, just whoever 
they'll so this lock is a stuff. Thing. This is a thing. Okay. I've experienced this. I have not been in a cage like that, but I've been outside a cage and been like, man, look at all the expensive stuff in that cage. Get in there. But that does nothing to answer the question <laughs> of why were all these outdated, broken computers locked in a cage? Which I guess I actually could just be like, I mean, they belong data to safety. People, I think maybe. I don't think so, because at some point, this was something that I was following throughout the episode, because it makes no sense. Um, Big Mike says, well, hopefully we can sell these computers yeah. towards the end. But then at the, also towards the end. But why are they fixing them? Well, Chuck gives a computer to a man, and is like, I fixed this myself, so it should be working well. So I assume that, that was he? one of the, the ones he fixed before. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in there. It's just, a, it's just a free-for-all cage. I always wondered why they had that, so thank you for clearing that up for me. Yeah, it w- it's believable that they have a cage. Not super believable that it would only lock from the outside. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really. It's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's broken for some cage reason. Cage is a little bit plot devicey. Yeah. But anyhow. That's okay. It's a good plot device. It is. Um, something that I wanted to point out is that Chuck does a kind of vaguely progressive thing where he says that he needs to come up with a gender-inclusive name for the nerd. Yes. I thought that was kind of good for 2007. Like, then, I mean, there's a lot of jokes about, like, Anna having had sex with a woman, so, like, that's... That was also funny. Yeah, they... Yeah. I don't know. It's okay. No, it's good. I I don't know. But I I, I appreciate that, because I I feel weird about guys. Yeah. I use it all the time, but I wish it wasn't... I wish it was something a little bit more inclusive. Yeah. So, good good on Chuck for that one. Also good on Chuck, we get a big moment with Sarah. She shows up at the Buy More. We get another thing of her in slow motion. Then uh, she and Chuck are talking, and she says, like, they have to kiss in order to sell that they're a couple. Chuck gives her a kiss on the cheek. I was a little disappointed, but, like, what can you do? Um, She suggests that they go somewhere more private, so they go into that weird home entertainment preview room with all the curtains. Um, Casey and Morgan are following them, and then Casey shoves Morgan by the face, and I love that so much. Morgan just, like, drops, like, a bag of bricks, and I was very happy about that. Um, I was also very happy because we have our first kind of instance, which I think maybe, um, made this episode, like, feel a little bit more cohesive, but it shows, like, how Sarah and Casey are going to be using Chuck as the intersect. Mm -hmm. They show him some pictures of the dead bodies that got shot in the beginning, and they ask him to flash on them, so that's kind of them using the intersect for, like, their own purposes. Um, but instead of flashing on any of those pictures... Uh, Chuck sees a newspaper with a picture of the painting and he flashes on that. He says that there's an art auction the following night and someone called Lassie You Dad will be there. Which, Lassie You Dad, for those of you who don't know, which is probably no one, uh, translates to The City, which is an interesting name to be calling yourself, and also a very good song by the 1975. They have a song called Lassie You Dad? No, they have a song called The City. Oh. But I think I one of the books I read had a song called Let's See You Dead. I thought that was interesting too, that they had uh, a person whose name was The City. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's definitely mysterious. But I wonder who that person is. I wonder if we'll ever find out. It could be a man. It could be a woman. We don't know. Could be. Could Could be be anyone. Um, Amazon got a little bit confused, and Casey says a line later, no one who's ever seen Let's See You Dead has lived to tell about it, and Amazon... Uh, subtitles got confused and said no one who's ever seen you has lived to tell about it which is very different and I had to watch it again to uh to figure out what was going on there that sounds like a line from an intervention yeah. from a serial killer I guess no one like, who's ever seen you has lived to tell about it you just keep killing people <laughs> how wait how would 
the person giving the intervention survived long enough They're to blindfolded. make the observation. They're blindfolded. Oh, you have to close their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that Amazon messed up on comes up, like, right after, and it comes up twice, because Chuck keeps saying that he got expelled during his senior year at Stanford, but Amazon kept saying sophomore year, which is, like, makes a big difference in, like, my understanding of the episode, so, and it happened twice, like, it wasn't just like they messed up once, it was like they committed to it. They're trying to communicate something Yeah, else. I think so. They know all the secrets. Um, we have... A little scene where Morgan, Ellie, and Awesome are discussing Chuck's future with him about, like, if he wants to be at the Bymore. And meanwhile, Beckman, who I love, Casey, and Sarah are discussing if Chuck should go to their auction or not to identify this last see your dad character. Um, there's a lot of, like, dialogue that, like, kind of lines up between them, so I thought that was really fun. I really enjoyed it because... You know, I don't know if you can share this experience, but you really have not lived unless you've experienced having a group of your friends and family <laughs> earnestly discuss what you're going to do with your future and your life because they're concerned that they don't think you're capable <laughs> of making those choices on your own. I was like, this looks familiar. <laughs> I see what's going on. Yeah, I see what's So happening. this was, that was the, when a emotional connection with this episode was formed with me because mm-hmm. it was the first time that I was connecting with the show as a uh, 25 year old mm-hmm. opposed to just connecting with it retroactively through yeah. nostalgia this was like me actually discovering something new oh, that good. I wouldn't have seen or connected with before Yeah. so that was that was a, a bond that I had with yeah. this, this episode um, my little bond that I had with this episode that I think I probably had the whole time is that like I I don't have any siblings, and this this show just constantly is hammering that in, just like, wouldn't it be nice if you had a great sister who was looking out for you, or brother? And I'm just like, no, don't know. But this episode did have the intro, finally, we have been waiting for it. You wanna, you wanna describe what happens in the intro? Short, skirt, Long Jacket. Yes, we by, all know the song. By Cake yes. plays as the little icon, the little symbol of Bymore, the little man who's running. Yeah, he's like a little stick figure kind of guy. I guess he's the icon of Nerd Herd. Yeah. But he's running, and yeah. he's running through these graphics of the cast's yeah. face, and it's They're all kind of in profile. And... They look kind of like, uh, I don't know, like like classic kind of spy, like the yeah. beginning of a James Bond or like a Doctor Strange love or whatever. Yes. So, I really like it. It's really good. It uh, it won an award, which is really nice, um, and it's it's really good. Like, I think it captures the tone of the show, and I think, like, it's one of the few, along with maybe BoJack Horseman, that I don't, like, skip when, like, Amazon or Netflix gives me the option to mm-hmm. skip intro. I'm like, no, I want to watch this. It does get me amped up. Yeah. It gets me, uh, got me amped up before, it gets me amped up now. Yeah. I give yeah. it a 10 out of 10 as a title sequence, and I give my description of it. If three out of ten. Um, we had a lot of things come up in this episode that are like recurring themes on Chuck, and another one of them was that Chuck is supposed to do some kind of task at the Bymore, and then he just leaves and leaves <laughs> his friends to do it. Um, he's having a conversation with Casey about the art gallery. Casey says Chuck will be fine as long as he knows how to tango. Chuck doesn't know if Casey is kidding, which is a kind of recurring fun little thing in this episode. He says he's going to go fix the computers he's supposed to fix, but then Sarah shows up. Lester says he and Anna already fixed most of the computers, so Chuck is out of there. 
Um, honestly, I mean, I don't know like how much work assistant managers do, but I would probably not give it to Chuck based on solely this. Um, he goes and talks to Sarah outside of the Wienerlicious. We find out some details about why he was expelled from Stanford, which up to this point we haven't known. Mm -hmm. um, Bryce found stolen tests under Chuck's bed and ratted him out. Um, Sarah asked Chuck if he really stole the tests, and he says no. Um, then they discuss aliases for the art auction, and we hear, um, as you mentioned, Charles Carmichael, the, the introduction of that alias quite fun. Charles Carmichael is like the Heisenberg of yes, the show. Yes, he is. Um, do you have a do you have an alias that you want to share with us? Or if you, if you told me, would you have to kill me? Um, I don't have an alias. Okay. That's alright. Um, I also I also do not have an alias. Alright, glad that we got that out of the <laughs> open. Right. Um, Chuck decides that he is going to need to learn how to tango. Apparently Devin knows how to do it, so he says he'll teach Chuck we get this really great shot of like a very old school, like original gray iPod, which reminded me of you. Um, and I thought maybe there's something that you want to tell our listeners about your uh, your listening habits. That I still use an iPod? Yeah. I use an iPod and it has all my music and podcasts and audiobooks on it. Yes, but he also has an iPhone, but it's separate. I have an iPhone that is separate. I so have had my iPod for much longer than I've had my iPhone, mm -hmm. and my iPhone doesn't have that much storage on it, and I prefer not having to rely on the limited amount of storage or internet to access my my audio content, so I prefer just to have it on my iPod, and also my iPod's like 120 gig, so it's huge uh, in terms of memory, and I've only filled it up halfway recently, wow. so it's kind of a personal journey for me to fill up my entire iPod, which I may or may not be able to do. But it's still pretty weird to see you sitting on the subway having, like, your phone that you're texting on, but then you also have headphones connected to a different thing. Yeah, I didn't realize how weird it was until I moved to New York, That's and I found out weird. that not everyone had iPods, because for a long time I was just using my iPod in my car in New Hampshire and driving around privately with my iPod, and I didn't realize that But now you have me to make fun of you, so that's great. I'm proud of my iPod. I will yeah. be listening Sounds to this on an iPod. Efficient. It is. And I hope the listeners at home, maybe someone's listening on, Somebody on an iPod. Somebody just stood up and cheered and they said, finally, I am understood. Yeah. That one person. Exactly. Please comment to us. We have a Twitter now. We'll tell you what it is later. Um, awesome teaches Chuck to tango. Another in, moment in of generosity from yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He also offers to take... Because when they are having the powwow discussing Chuck's future mm -hmm. and how Chuck's not doing well for himself, uh, Captain Awesome uh, suggests or he offers to boost Chuck's confidence by taking them taking him on a white water rafting. Oh yeah, that's trip, pretty nice of him. Which is incredibly generous. Yeah. He's uh, with his time for like his I almost brother-in-law. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So he also like, what an upstanding um, guy. Yeah, he teaches Chuck how to tango. Um, we have another good like kind of like crossover sequence where. Uh, Chuck is getting taught how to tango. We also see him getting ready. We also see Casey and Sarah both getting dressed, like, all in tandem. And Sarah is fully dressed this time. And so she has great. a knife. She does have a knife in a little lipstick tube. Signature thing. very cool. Yeah. Sarah's all about the knives. Yeah. Go, Sarah. Really, really like that whole thing. Um, they get to the art auction, and Casey reveals to Chuck that the tango thing was a joke, which 
is is pretty cute. Um, Chucky's like, oh, spy humor, and then they all kind of like they laugh and laugh. They have a little bonding moment, so I thought that was nice. Um, Casey they, is dressed disguised as the limo driver. Yeah, and then and later then, he's the bartender. Yes, so he's a man of many hats, literally. Dressed as a fancy rich couple. Yeah, yes. Um, and Chuck immediately gets inside and spills something on himself, so he goes into the bathroom to clean it up. And of course, he flashes on the guy washing his hands next to him. He thinks he sees some stuff related to Last See You Dad, so he's like, oh my god, that's who that is. Um, and he goes and tells Sarah immediately. Um, Sarah sends Chuck to the bar, where he's trying to keep a low profile, but then there's this guy from Stanford who comes up and recognizes him. And they have that like awful conversation that you have with people you went to school with, where they're like super successful, and then like you're all you're all like, oh, like what are you up to? And then you have to tell them like sad things that you're doing. So I really related to that. Um, then the guy gives Chuck his business card, which like we already know that this guy is super shady because he hands over the business card and it's like it's laminated, like it was legit, covered in plastic. So even before Chuck flashes on it, I knew that like something's up um and then Chuck has a flash and sees that this guy is like an insider trader and he like makes a comment on it and the guy's like oh are you from the SEC like I gotta go yeah he freaks out and he looks like a I wrote down a poor man's Chris Pine (laughs) which yeah I think yeah because I was like is that Chris Pine I'm like no it's not Chris Pine Pine, but he also says this is how wealthy this person is and this I also connected with this because I feel like in Chuck's position where he's trying to be cool and not he basically is lying about what he does for work because he's saying he works in the software business, yep. and that's obviously a great exaggeration yep. for working at Buy More. Yep. Um, but the poor man, Chris Pine, said, oh, yeah, I'm just, I have so much money, but I'm at a spot where I'm too young to retire, but I'm too rich to work. And that got me. I was like, oh, man, that's a sentence that I'll never say. I mean, you never But know. also, I would, I would never have the audacity to say that aloud and if someone said that to me i would lose my mind you punch him in the face yeah yeah i just am too young to retire like oh wow that's you know but i'm too rich to work well wow what an issue man sorry we all know that the podcast game is very lucrative so so you get to say that pretty soon maybe um we have a b-plot that's been going on this whole time where jeff lester anna and morgan are staying late to fix these computers um, and, and monitors? Did I see monitors there correctly? Were, yeah, there's there were these like, weird things. There's no reason that they'd be fixing these old monitors. No, I can understand fixing the old software yeah. on the computers, maybe, maybe, but they're like, oh, fix these old monitors, which they would not do. Yeah. They would just recycle those, or attempt to recycle those. But Big Mike asked them to, and they're all kind of motivated because they don't want Harry to be their boss, because he's like no fun and won't let them do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they do end up, like, leaving before everything is done, because Morgan, who is there for some reason, gets locked in the storage cage. Morgan, incidentally, very afraid of old computers. Yes, he says that many times. Um, we go back to the art auction. Uh, Sarah gets made by the guy that Chuck flashed on, and these bodyguards take her outside. Casey goes after her and tells Chuck to stay behind. Um, well, can we pause? Yeah. Did you say Sarah got made? I said Sarah got made. That's a phrase. You just, I I think it's a phrase, but that's like that sounds like inside spy. Like, oh, oh, oh Sarah my god! Got made. Oh my god! Did you just you said it so confidently? Um. Is that what that's called? Are you a spy? We're uh, don't. Sarah got. Made? I'll talk to you off of the podcast. Okay, that's fine. We'll All okay. Right. We'll bring it up. I later. don't want to get made. 
You don't want to get made. No. Can you get made? I might. I might uh, be in a oh, situation geez. where I could get made. Wow. I was, I was unaware that you could get made. Well, made what? what? What are you going to get made to? Uh, made into, I should say. I, I don't think that's how that phrase works. Yeah. I don't think that's what it means. Made. Okay. Okay. But, uh, I guess made, I just don't made know in Manhattan. Much. In this case, it's made in, uh, in Queens. All right. I don't think that's going to be the Goodyear Tire Presents transition of the app, but I'll allow it. <laughs> um... I don't even know what's happening now because I'm so flustered about it. So my, Sarah just got taken, game. her yes. cover got blown. Sarah's cover got Some blown. Some would say that she got made Some by these guys. That. I would not say it, but... But Chuck has to stay behind, which is another recurring thing, and he's not always so happy about it. Um, but in this case, he starts wandering around the auction, and he, he sees the painting from the beginning, and he flashes on it um, and sees that something is going on with the frame. Something has been hidden in the frame. The frame is different than it looked uh, when he flashed on it, etc, etc. Um, something's going on. And as he's looking at it, this very beautiful woman comes up and asks him if he likes the painting. He makes a joke that it's Bob Rossian, which I thought was very funny. Um, but another kind of insult to this like poor painting that's just doing his best. Um, Chuck makes a comment about how he's more interested in the frame. The woman is like, ooh. But Chuck does not notice that she's like, ooh. Ooh. But as it turns out, the woman loves to tango, so Chuck gets to use his uh, his uh, stuff from before, his stuff that he learned. Yes, and he introduces nice. himself as Charles Carmichael. Yes. I was thinking, you know, it's a good thing that, it's fortunate that he learned how to tango, mm -hmm. but it would have been really funny if he never had to tango, but he still learned how to tango. Yeah, that would, have been, that would have been a great joke for, for to never show up again in this episode, or the show. Yes. But it's still, it's funny that he does have to do the tango because yeah. Awesome taught him the ladies part of yes. the tango. So the beautiful woman has to lead has Chuck to lead in the tango. Do, like the dip and all that. Have you ever done the tango? I have not done the tango. Well, no, I've done salsa. Not the tango? Yeah. Have you? No. All right. It just seems like something, like one of the weird things that you would have like covered in your like jazz class or something. My jazz class was the history of jazz. It wasn't <laughs> The history of jazz dancing. and the tango. Yeah, we're going to do a unit on, uh, I know it's all been like in the history book and everything, and uh, but we're going to do a unit that's just actual dancing. Yeah. To tango. <laughs> tango. Tango's that, would that, would you probably wouldn't dance the tango to jazz. Um, I, this is not related to jazz, but when I was in elementary school, I went to drama camp for a summer, and we did a play that I don't remember what it was called, but it was about like puberty, and one of the songs was the main line of the chorus was we're dancing the teenage tango and i haven't thought about it in years so thank you for reminding me that teenage tango i wish i could remember the lyrics to it you know if i googled it we're dancing the teenage tango that's like pretty much how it went that's like pretty much right on our bodies are changing and we don't know <laughs> why i'm sure those were the words you got one hand on my shoulder oh i got one hand on your hip and we're dancing the teenage tango. I think that's how it went. Very good, thank you. You're thank welcome. You for reminding me. Um, we have a, another like classic Chuck-like sequence where he's tangoing with this woman while Sarah and Casey are on the roof, like fighting these men. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually turns out that the men are not Lessie Dad. They are MI6 looking for Lessie Dad. So who? 
Chris, could less you dad be? I don't know. We don't really know anyone else at the party. No, I mean, it's certainly, we haven't seen anyone. I don't see any ominous looking men. Mm-hmm. Which is so, I'm not really sure who Lassie you dad could be. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be, could it be the attractive woman dancing with Chuck? Oh no, could it? Could it? Uh, she has a scar on her neck, which Chuck flashes on. And we find out, yes, it could in fact be her. It's definitely her. It's definitely her. She's the city. She is the city. Um, Chuck, in fact, gets made um, when Morgan calls the hotel to tell Chuck to let him out of the storage cage. Um, he hears Chuck's voice over the phone, and he's like, Chuck, Chuck Bartowski. Um, and the woman is like holding out the phone to Chuck, so like, Les, you, Dad, and Chuck both hear this person shouting his name, but he's introduced himself as Charles Carmichael, so mm. like, who? Who is Chuck? Um, which is a question that Leslie Dad has, and she takes Chuck back to her hotel room to get that question answered. Do you like the sequence? Yeah. It was it was pretty fun. She's like, uh, it's I don't know. I mean, it's like TV show torture. Like she's like saying like she has like a bunch of knives that she lovingly caresses, and she's like, oh, I'm gonna like do all this stuff to you. She throws a knife like between his legs and it Mm -hmm. almost hits him Mm -hmm. um then she's ultimately says she's gonna throw him out the window if he doesn't like answer her questions and he's like tied to a chair so these big like bodyguard men like pick him up and they're gonna like throw him out the window um she says it's a horrible way to go and then he like admits who he is he says he just fixes computers but his name is actually chuck bartowski and like the whole thing is a setup where there was plutonium or something hidden in the frame of this picture but they switched the frame so it's a setup and she shouldn't buy it yes and she appreciates this information yeah but she's but uh she although chuck is sitting this is not an intervention where he says that because uh anyone who's seen her um gets killed she's she says that herself she says because you see my face i have to kill you um so chuck is in trouble but Sarah and Casey, meanwhile, show up, and, um, In the nick of time. Right in the nick of time. And the, the bodyguards, like, take out, like, machine guns, and they just, like, yeah. just mow down the place. Like, they're making holes in the door, there's, like, all this, like, stuff is flying around, vases are breaking. It's crazy. Uh, they better leave a good tip for that maid who's coming really to the hotel room. I really so. That's very disrespectful to the hotel yeah. to be trashing it that much, yeah. you know? But everyone makes it out with nobody dying except this one guy who falls out the window, which is fine. He was not someone we cared about. Um, everything seems like maybe it will be okay, but then we find out last you dad has Chuck's buy more ID. Yes. So. And then we also get to see that our poor man, Chris oh, right. Pine, is in the right. hotel room yeah. beneath them yeah. having a panic attack because yeah. he's on the phone with his... Someone. Or, like with his partner or his yeah. wife or someone yeah. saying that he got found out by the yeah. SEC and yeah. it's all over, which I thought was really funny. It was fun. And then like Leslie Dad like breaks the window and walks in past him and then yeah. he sees like a, a dead guy fall past him and he's like freaking out. So yeah. that's great. Um, but Chuck gets Morgan's messages and goes to let him out of the storage cage and he's uh, he's fixing the the last couple computers. He decides to like not shirk his responsibility, which is great. Um, there's like kind of a, th- a little moment between them where like Morgan says he's gonna stay and Chuck is like you don't know how to fix a computer which like made me like what what does Morgan do is he just a sales guy yeah I think he just is because I thought person. he was in the nerd herd is he just hanging out there a lot? no he's a green shirt okay so that's different yeah all right 
But, like, why was he there with the rest of them all night, then? Because I think he's just friends and he was just hanging out. Oh, this, like, this makes me sad for Morgan. Yeah, I guess it sounds pretty sad it's when you think of it like that. But, um... But this is, Chuck just had a traumatic evening. Yeah. Full of action, yeah. and the way that he's going to calm down is to fix these computers. Yeah, because that's his thing. Yeah. And I thought that was really, awesome, like, a, I don't know, kind of powerful. Yeah. Because nice. he just... just went through this whole ordeal... Almost died. Yeah. And was did the whole spy thing and did a dance and now he's gonna try to like forget about that mm-hmm. by going into what he knows and what he's good at. And yeah. What he's familiar with. And he's really good at it. Like he does a really good yeah. job. And we know he's really good at it because there's like a little uh, like musical montage, um, which is the general specific by Band of Horses, which is a song I love. I was very excited to see like Chuck getting into like this fun like folksy alternative music that I know and love mm-hmm. um, and we see like Chuck's fixing the computers we see the sun come up and then we know that he's been there all night so that was really nice um, Big Mike congratulates Chuck for fixing the computers in two days he says like he didn't really expect him to do it um, and I laughed really hard because Chuck is like still in his like shirt sleeves um, like his, his tux and suspenders and stuff mm-hmm. um, without the jacket and Big Mike is like you get extra points for his style I don't know why that made me laugh but it was great this reminded me of an interesting tidbit okay. that I wanted to share that I forgot about until seeing this moment um, but this is something from when I was around the age that I was watching Chuck um, and I was working at my first job at the TJ Maxx, mm-hmm. and at one point during some kind of annual review, I was in the office with my boss, and he was going over basically. <laughs> was your boss like Big a, Mike? Please clarify. Boss was not Big Mike. Okay. No. Continue. Um, he was going over basically this like report card kind of. They would have mm-hmm. a grading system mm-hmm. that was numbers one through five, maybe zero through five, mm-hmm. probably one through five. Yeah. Um, of how many points you get in these different areas to be like teamwork, performance, attendance, um, just different things like yeah. that. And you would, based on your score, you could get a very small raise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to try to get, you know, I want to do the best yeah, job that I can. Course, I try to, actually. you know. But the whole thing he was saying, my boss at the time, was that they have five as a possibility Mm -hmm. but it's not a possibility because like no one will get fives okay and so i didn't realize that was such a thing (laughs) so we're going down the report card and we get to the dress code Mm -hmm. portion Mm -hmm. and he gave me a three or something which you know i was it was business casual or just like maybe even normal casual at mm-hmm. points for me i thought i looked you know okay well you said but your fashion was inspired by chuck so it was, it was not, well his date outfit you said it was, i didn't say it was inspired by you it you said you thought it was pretty cool at 14 yeah i guess so but <laughs> the point that i wanted to make yes. was that my boss told me at the time of this review he said there's no way you can get a mm-hmm. anyone's gonna get a five mm-hmm. not in this dress code category mm-hmm. And I was like, huh? And he's like, you, no one will get a five on this. You could wear a tuxedo every day to work <laughs> and you would still not get a five. So Big Mike is disproving that philosophy yeah. because Big Mike, very impressed by Chuck's he outfit. Was, he said he got extra points. He I might was, have even gotten a six. I was sad at the time because I was thinking like, what if someone did show up to their part-time job at TJ Maxx every day wearing a tuxedo? <laughs> 
you wouldn't throw them a bone at all? I had a guy in high school who would wear a tux every Friday, I think, or Wednesday. He had, like, suit days. Yeah. He was inspired by Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't wear full suits to school, but oh, I would boy. wear blazers. Yeah, well, that's, that's different. That's okay. But yeah, the point is, I thought that, you know, you could wear a tuxedo to your retail job and no one would care. No, Big Mike. Big, Big Mike, Mike cares. cares. He's, in many ways, the perfect boss. In many ways. Um, something I noticed in the Biomore, which I thought was wild, is that there's... They have, like, posters in the background that are, like, nerd herd posters, and I've never, like, paused long enough to see, like, exactly what they say, but I happen to be paused on this one. And what it said was, Stubborn? You bet. Because a computer virus can be a tenacious little suck. <laughs> it was great! It was really good! I wish, like, I wish there were more posters like that in my life, calling things... Little sucks. Could be a little suck. <laughs> it was great. Oh, you little suck. You're such a little suck. We, we gotta start using that. We can make it happen. Yeah. You're a little suck. You're such a little suck. Um, something I wanted to ask you about last you, Dad, or really just comment on, is that, so she's, she shows up at the Buy More along with her, like, bodyguard-type men. Um, yeah. They go right into the store, and mm-hmm. she goes, like, across the parking lot to the Wienerlicious roof with, like, a long-range kind of gun. She's, but she's dressed as a male person. Yeah, she has, like, she's a FedEx kind of outfit. Maybe a second job, even. Yeah, maybe. This was filmed during the Great Recession, so yeah. times were hard, even yeah. for international even for arms dealers. for the city. Yeah, even for the city. It's um, hard living in the city. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sarah recognizes Les Udad because she sees her scar, which, that's happened twice now, so I don't know why this woman, like, doesn't, like, she, why doesn't she get, like, plastic surgery, or, like, wear a scarf, or, like, Even just a collar shirt? Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, that's, that's poor planning on her part. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but Chuck is in the Buy More. He has some, not exactly poor planning, because he says... Chuck Bartowski to the storage cage, like, over an intercom, and that makes, like, the bodyguards who are not being dealt with by Casey, like, go to the storage cage. That's smart. Um, I got kind of, like, surprised that Chuck, like, then went to the storage cage. I was like, you should be, like, anywhere else. But mm-hmm. apparently his plan was, like, to lock this man in, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of smart. But the thing that isn't kind of smart is that this man had a gun. So <laughs> it's a chain-link storage cage. So the man, like... Even the door has been fixed, so the man gets out. But even if he hadn't been, he could have straight up killed Chuck, no problem. He just then would have been stuck there afterwards. So, not not that smart. <laughs> um, but as it turns out, as the guy is about to shoot Chuck, Casey comes in and like wrecks him by throwing like one of those uh, computers at him. Yeah, um, or it's a microwave. Was it? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was a computer. It was a microwave from the display. That's floor, very strong. It was then. badass. Yeah. Um, this guy, uh, we don't see his, like, he, he definitely would have, like, his head would have been wrecked, but we don't see that. It's fine. Like. <laughs> yeah, his skull would have been crushed. Yeah, it's okay. Um, he's just, like, on the ground. That's this fine. This is a TV-14 okay. show, yeah. so you gotta, no blood. Okay, so Chris, I'd, I'd really like you, uh, for the next scene, we had a little, uh, we had a little scene of Sarah and Les Dad fighting while tango music plays. We did. And They're I was wondering. Yeah. Do you think I could talk to teenage Chris and see his thoughts on this? I... Is he available? Yeah, I mean, maybe I could pass a message <laughs> along, but... Teenage Chris, what did you think of uh, Sarah and Leslie Your Dad's fight on the roof? I don't... 
I think if he were to answer that, I think you would say that he was not yet old enough or wise enough to appreciate it fully. Okay. But I think maybe down the line, maybe when he was like 25 or so, he would think that it's really cool. That's what I think he would say. All right. Thanks, Teenage Chris. Yeah. I think that that was another badass fight scene. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool fight scenes. Yeah. And I, in my head, I just envision, I think it's a good idea. I don't know why they are not... They don't need to bring back Chuck. That's not what I'm asking for. But I do think they need to make a fight, like, uh, uh, I forgot. An action? Not an action, but like a fighting video game. Okay. Where you get to play as the characters of Chuck, like in the the vein of Tekken or Mortal Kombat or Capcom versus Marvel. That's kind of cool. But you could have the different levels and you could play as like Chuck. You could play as Sarah, Casey, Mm -hmm. Lots of You Dad. Yeah. Other villains that will be introduced. It would just you could maybe do it as a mobile game or would some it, would kind they of, be like little cartoons, or would they be like cartoons with their like photo faces? Would it be like the little buy more guy? Would he be a character? No, I don't think so. I think okay. it would look a little bit more realistic. Okay, is what I was picturing just to get. It could be like Chuck Go. Go Chuck yourself. Be like Pokemon Go. What I'm saying here. Chuck Go. Yeah. Right. That sounds great. Maybe. We're so gonna, maybe we're gonna invent be, it. We we. I, that would be great if we could invent it. Or we just gave someone an idea and yeah. they're going to go and run with it. That's fine. But, you know, if, you if I get to play it, it, that would be sweet. Yeah, that would be amazing. I'd be stoked to play a Chuck video game. Uh, I really liked the spike scene, too, though. It was so intense. And then she's, really like, good. holding her head over, over the spike. Yeah, that was really scary. Um, there was, like, kind of... I don't know if this is, like, a metaphor or, like, what it was, but, like, Lassie Dad has a knife and Sarah has handcuffs, which was, like, a very, like... I don't know, like, seemed like a morality, like, desperation kind of thing. Symbolism. Um, yeah. And I would have... Frankie Muniz! <laughs> I would have put more stock into that, but um, Sarah has been, like, killing a ton of people, so her morality is not really that great. And also she uses the handcuffs as, like, kind of like a brass knuckles kind of thing to, like, so deck her in the face. And then she's like, yeah, let's see your dad gets decked in the face by handcuffs, and then she's, she's out. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, we cut to that night, which I was very shocked by. Like, that seemed very, like, Chucky's just, like, at home, like, making a salad with Ellie. And I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm missing a bunch of stuff. But apparently everything is fine with Plus the Dad and those men now, so. Yeah, I guess they're, yeah, they're taken away somewhere. Yeah. Um, we have or some... brain dead, because they both <laughs> well, got... One of them is brain... One their of them skulls is straight up dead. kind of yeah. broken. <laughs> I, don't, what, I don't even remember what happened to the other guy, but that's fine. Yeah, it doesn't Whatever. matter. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Know. Um, we have a scene between Chuck and Ellie, which is again reminding me that I do not have siblings and that I should be sad about that, but it starts off with Ellie being kind of hurt that Chuck hasn't, like, divulged details about his relationship to her, Mm -hmm. which I think this particular scene is okay and kind of sweet because, like, it ultimately comes off that, like, Ellie just wants Chuck to be happy and, like, I think it's a little bit on Chuck because she doesn't even know, like, does Chuck like this girl? But it's definitely, like, a recurring thing that, like, Ellie is kind of mad that Chuck is, like, keeping secrets from her. Yeah. And I didn't know, like, do you think this is, like, do you think this is realistic, like, as someone who has a sibling? Or do you think it's kind of, like, manufacturing drama unnecessarily? Yeah, I think if the sibling knows what's going on and they can tell something is wrong or Mm -hmm. upset, Mm -hmm. I think they would be tuned into that and they okay. want to know what the issue is so yeah. they can help you but so yeah I think it was real I really okay. liked that scene that was another really good scene in this right, one because yeah. 
Chuck wants to be able to confide in his sister, but he knows that for her own safety, he can't do it. So he just kind of has to bottle it up. Yeah. Which is a reoccurring thing throughout the show where he can't, you know, his two worlds can meet sometimes or they can Mm -hmm. pass by. Mm -hmm. Sarah and Casey can interact with Ellie and Austin or Morgan or the Bymore and things like that. But they can never truly become one, not at least for a very long time. Um, Yeah. So that's definitely a good source of inner conflict, I think, for Chuck. I th- yeah, I, I agree. I thought that was a pretty sweet scene, and one of the things that, like, made, definitely when I first watched this, and also now, I got very excited because um, Chuck says something about how Sarah isn't into him, and Elias like, please, I've seen the way that girl looks at you, she is definitely into you, mm-hmm. and, like, part of me is like, rationally, Sarah's a spy, she's probably just a good actor, but, like, the other part of me was like, yeah. Yes. We're three episodes in. She loves him. That's exactly yeah. how I was feeling. Yeah. Um, we have some more good music, of course, because the episode is really going for it. It was Slow Show by The National. Um, well, oh. Chuck and Sarah are having a little conversation. Um, Chuck expresses some existential disappointment and says, what's the good of being a hero if nobody knows about it? Mm. And Sarah says, you know, and I know. Which, again, I was like, Yes, this yeah. whole moment they're standing by the fountain outside. Oh, yeah, and perfect. Like, uh, and what's going to happen? Right. So Chuck says, if this were a real date, this is when I'd be forced to kill you. Um, and there's this little cute back and forth where Sarah is like forced and he's like, I'm sure I could suffer through it. Wait, he said, he, didn't he say I'd be forced to kiss you? Yeah, did I say kill? You said kill. Oh my god, What? Who are you? <laughs> I, I can't, I can't tell you, but um, yeah, all the secrets are coming out now. <laughs> He says I'd be forced to kiss you. Are you gonna kill me because I've seen you? (laughs) You took my blindfold from now on. We need to keep doing the podcast, but you can't look at me. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, I was just so excited. Um, This is hard to read from my notes because it's all written in caps because I was so excited. Um, Because the tension's there. It's building up. We're going up the roller coaster. It's just like that. Click, 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 click. I could feel it. The point is that Chuck says he could suffer through it, and Sarah says me too, and then she just like bounces. That was so good. This whole episode, I was so on board with this episode. I was so upset. I yelled at the TV. I thought it was gonna happen. I thought it was too. I don't remember when it happened. So no, I don't either. Yeah. 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 Yep. Ah, so it was really good. It was, this, this episode was really good. It was a perfect mixture of the, like, we'll talk about it later, but, like, the action was really good, mm-hmm. there was a lot of humor, and then, like, the Sarah Chuck stuff was just, yes. yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Do you have anything There's else you'd so, like to comment on? No, I'm just still thinking, like, I think I, it's the beautiful. first time I experienced that moment, compared to the time that I experienced <laughs> that moment just recently, was probably the same. Yeah. I was so invested. Yeah. Especially at the end of such a good episode yeah. that I felt really engaged in. I didn't feel... I felt engaged in the pilot, mm-hmm. and I but I didn't feel super engaged in the episode two. Yeah. But this one I was like fully immersed yes. in. I was just happy to it be watching perfect. it. Yeah. Um. So at this point, I was like, oh, they're, they're gonna kiss. Yeah. It's gonna be great. And happen. then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And I was just like, gah. Maybe in episode four. Gah. <laughs> Frankie Venus. There we go. And with that, <laughs> we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with more. Go check yourself.
We're back. It's Go Chuck Yourself, episode three. We just talked about the episode Chuck versus the Tango. And now we have a few more things to wrap up before we close out the episode. This is a great bit. I'm a robot. Beep boop boop. Something I remember noticing about you in college, because we like went to like the orientation dance or like one of the dances, was that you you did the robot. I don't know if well, but I did. You did it a lot. That was like your signature move. So I'm yeah, happy to it's see a pretty good one to fall back. I'm doing it right now yeah. for those listening yeah, at home. Podcast. But yeah. I'm pretty good at it. Oh, it's weird. I didn't know that it stood out. So I guess you know, is this Chuck versus the Tango, or is it Chris versus the robot? That's a Forever the Sickest Kid song. Well, not Chris versus Chris the Robot. Chris versus the Robot. Yeah, they, it's about the robot. It's oh, really okay. good. You would, you would probably like it, because you could dance to it. You could yeah. do a robot. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, okay. So this is a part of the show uh, that, in some circles, is known as Interesting Information with Aaron. Yeah, uh, welcome to my corner. Here we are. Um, Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Anytime. I wanted to talk about the title sequence because I've been waiting uh, very long for it to show up, and it finally did. And you weren't satisfied with my very thorough. I mean, I'm not. I will. I will rely on you for like the plot of the title sequence, but I want to give some background on it, so a little uh, okay. context for it. It is created by the team Imaginary Forces, who um, do a lot of like sequences like this, uh, like add things and then just like. Uh, television show, uh, title sequences, etc., etc. Um, they're behind some other title sequences that you might know and love, such as Mad Men. Really? Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Oh! Um, they did Stranger Things, which is like a little oh. less exciting, but cool. Like, it's it's a good one. I, yeah, I've never thought about title sequences. I just assumed that the individual editors... No, they, that's a horrible assumption. There's <laughs> these companies that yeah. do this. Wow! Um, Marvel's Runaways, which was also co-created by Josh Schwartz, who co-created Chuck. Um, we'll talk about him later. Um, Boardwalk Empire, which I don't know if you've ever seen, but it's like really good. Um, Band of Brothers, also I think good. The God of War main title. But... I'm just excited. I can't believe Mad Men, also one of my yeah. favorite shows. The title sequence is similar because it's a little man, a little man. falling through yeah. this kind of interesting graphic area well yeah. music plays that gets you all excited mm-hmm. very similar i never realized that yeah they're wow yep they're very versatile because we also have the stranger things one which yeah, is which very is different the... doesn't have a little man running around but it kind of sounds like when there's a mosquito in my room late at night the upside down <laughs> yes that's what happens Oh no, everyone look, Will's in the upside down. Guys, I'm so cold. Ooh, I just brought a monster from another dimension into our world. Sorry. We somehow... That's okay. I just realized I'm liking this girl. I'm going to mack on this girl. Hey, that's cool. I'm going to mack on this other girl. That's cool. I have curly hair. I love him. He's my favorite. And then I'm the cool older kid. You thought I was kind of a jerk the first time, but now you like me. Who are you talking about? Steve. Oh, I love Steve. Steve's the man. So we are a Stranger Things podcast now. Welcome to Go (laughs) Go Stranger Thing Yourself. That's beautiful. That's a good title. But uh, speaking of good titles, (laughs) (laughs) we'd like to move on to a little sequence that we want to call Chuck 
colon, Mary Kill. Ooh, Chuck Mary Kill. Yeah, I introduced it this time. You did, you surprised me. Yeah. I knew it was coming up, but guard. I didn't know how fast it was coming yeah. up. Um, Chuck Mary Kills is where we identify one element of this episode that we would like to marry, and one element of this episode that we would like to kill. Uh, and there are two different things. I know in the episode recap, Aaron uh, seemed to confuse kissing and killing. They have very similar letters. <laughs> Very similar letters, um, I guess, it was just <laughs> similar intents, I don't know. Yeah, they're very, uh, they're very personal things. You should only do them with someone you love. You should only kill the people you love? <laughs> yes. You could say they're related in the sense that you could say, I'm going to slay this, and it's applicable to both situations. You're going to slay a kiss? I'm going to slay this. Alright. Maybe, no? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know your life. Okay. Um, well, what did you, Aaron, want to marry about this episode, Chuck versus the Tango? Um, it made me very genuinely happy when Casey told Chuck that he'd done a good job on the mission. I, like, had to pause it because I was so excited. And I don't know if it's, like, I might be, like, starved for appreciation in the workplace because I did today. Uh, an author told me I did a good job on their book and I teared up a little bit. So it could be that, but I just thought it was a really sweet moment. Um, Chuck and Sarah obviously have, like, their thing where there's, like, a will-they-won't-they with them, but, like, Casey is kind of a wild card, especially since we know, like, Beckman says that he's gonna, like, have to kill Chuck at some point, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was nice to see, like, a little preview of, like, what their friendship could potentially be, where Casey, instead of being just, like, this extremely hardcore agent guy like he has a little bit of a soft side yeah and that was nice i like seeing them being that's the first time we really get to see it because the past two episodes i even commented on the last episode Mm -hmm. about casey's attitude he was being such a jerk yeah that you don't really get to see the softer side of yeah 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 so that's that's what i would marry what about you cool i would i was a little bit more broad with mine i guess for me to sum things up in the like emotional depth I guess it's similar to yours Mm -hmm. but I think this is the first time that Chuck is showing itself as a show as having the the possibility that you you can form an emotional connection Mm -hmm. with it because there is really I think some good like obviously the action's good and the comedy's good but there's also I think this is probably what appealed to me like also is the drama or the Mm -hmm. dramatic aspects of it where you can empathize with Chuck yeah, definitely. and you can understand um, where he's coming from a little bit mm-hmm. so I think that like that element that because that exists in the show I think that's probably one of the most powerful things I think that's why it lasted as long as it did the show is because people did form an emotional connection with it yeah so and that's I feel like this is the first time that we're really getting a large dose of it so yeah that's really nice it's I'm a good choice see that. now let's get angry mm. I would, um... What would you like to kill, Aaron? Thank you for asking me that question. Not kiss, but what would you like to kill? Is Um, it me? You're gonna have to kill me, right? Yeah, it is me. I'm sorry. Um, there's a scene between, uh, when Chuck is done at the art auction and when he goes to the buy more where he goes home and Ellie has a line, which I would like to kill, where she says, Morgan has called a bunch of times because he locked himself in a storage cage, whatever that means. And I think it's pretty clear what that means. Like, I don't want to keep, like, hating on Ellie, but, like, that has a meaning. That's not a phrase that you use. Like, 
And I think if she had waited, like, one second, Morgan could have explained, like, literally. So, I would kill that, because Ellie is is in the wrong there, I'm sorry. But he also, we didn't talk about it before, but um, we talked about this in the first episode Mm -hmm. a little bit, about Morgan being kind of creepy to Mm -hmm. Ellie. He does something kind of creepy again in this episode. What does he do? He kind of, I don't want to make it sound, like, worse than it is, but he kind of, like is sneaking he's like sneaking past her in mm-hmm. the kitchen and he's going in between Sarah sorry Ellie and Chuck mm-hmm. and he's like a little too close to Ellie as he's I sneaking through I didn't see this uh, at all and she kind of like that is a little bit okay. and I was like yeah. oh Morgan's a bit much yeah I mean he was he was definitely like we keep having this recurring thing where he's like I don't know like Ellie you could tell me your secrets if you wanted like he's clearly trying to like insert himself um, mm-hmm. and I think we said in the first episode it's it hasn't come to a point yet where it's been, like, weird, but I guess we can see, like, the, like, him not taking no for an answer, and, like, Ellie is just done with it. So I guess, like, maybe she hung up the phone, but, like, she should yeah. still know what being locked in a cage is. She should have given him a second to be like, what kind of cage are you locked in? Yeah. <laughs> or where is the cage? Yeah. So just been like, oh, yeah, men, right? Yeah. Always getting locked in cages. I mean, okay. You know, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. What would you like to kill? So this is, I, I... Didn't know when to reveal this. Okay. And I don't think I've told to do this ever, but I think now is probably a good time to reveal okay. it. Okay, please but, tell me. Uh, the so you have the uniforms of the nerd herd, mm-hmm. which are just white shirts mm-hmm. and ties. Mm-hmm. But then you have the uniforms of the other salespeople at Buy More, mm-hmm. which are green polo shirts mm-hmm. that say Buy More, um, and. I own one oh of those green polo oh, shirts no. that says buy more. Oh my god, have you worn it? I have not worn it because I tried to wear it, and it is the most uncomfortable, <laughs> ill-fitting article of clothing that I've ever owned. Where did you get it? I got it from the NBC Universal store at Rockefeller Center around so the time that Chuck was on You would air. think that their clothing would be comfortable. I guess that's not what they're known for. So I was... There's, I think maybe this was the first episode that we see like a big group of mm-hmm. the green shirted people, yeah. and then I was like, I've worn that one of those shirts. Been you. Could have been me. It's like this, this scratchy. Do you think theirs are that uncomfortable, or do you think just the one they sell to fans? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe they're all uncomfortable okay. because they were mass produced, maybe yeah. for the cast. Yeah. Or, but also, also, why would they sell these for fans? And why did I buy it? It was just <laughs> something where I was like, I need to have it. It's a yeah. Chuck thing. Yeah. And then I got it home. And it just does not fit. I don't think it would fit anyone well. It's like down to my knees, mm-hmm. maybe, and the shoulders are just not there. And the, like I said, scratchy and the Buy More logo isn't doesn't match up with like where it should on your chest and the collars. But I will find it. I, I'm sure I still have it somewhere. So, so maybe is, I will. Is that what you would kill? I would kill the the green shirts, the literal shirts, because yeah. I know how uncomfortable they are. Okay. And know. I guess I would also kill the idea that I own one of these shirts. No, I wouldn't. I'm proud. Of, I'm not proud. <laughs> I'm definitely not proud. Be proud I of overspoke. <laughs> I uh, I own it, and I will find it, and I will make it a part of this. So. Okay. Yeah, you we, you can wear it during an episode. If you had to wear that every day for work, though, you'd go insane. Yeah, I mean so that's that's why none of them like it there. Yeah. That's why Anna is always like. Dressed they look really good funky. in it. I I will find it and I will wear it and I will show you and you do like wait. you do not look very good. looking forward to it. Good. I will I will tell everyone about it because obviously you cannot see Chris. Maybe no. we'll tweet it out. Maybe we'll have a picture. Yeah. One singular picture. Yeah. We might have more than one picture. Very good. Anyhow, now it's time to move on to another segment 
that no one has ever forgotten about. <laughs> no one ever. No one ever. Ever, never, ever. It's Frankie Muniz. No, it's not. How it's, did we forget him? It doesn't hold up. Where we decide, based on this episode of Chuck, does the series hold up uh, ten years later? So what did you think this time? I I put uh, in my notes, I said, hold up, underline, all caps. I really enjoyed this episode as we discussed. Um, and like I, I said before, I think um, I was able to see things and connect with it now as a slightly older person than when I was a teenager. And that was a really, uh, I guess, powerful moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certain things that I wouldn't have necessarily understood or connected with when I was younger, but now there is, um, different things that I could, could connect with, obviously, besides the, like, people being concerned that you're not being, like, fulfilling your life, or that you're unhappy because you're, um, but also, I think, towards the end, when Chuck and Sarah are talking about, it's like, what's the good of being a hero if no one knows? Mm -hmm. I think that can be extrapolated to, applying to just struggling to find satisfaction mm-hmm. or a sense of accomplishment in achievements that are fleeting or that are seemingly irre- irrelevant to another area of your mm-hmm. life, which is something that I understand on a profound yeah. level because you can, I think other everyone can feel that because especially if you have a day job or if you have a creative pursuit, if you're a creative person and you might have a certain achievement mm-hmm. in your creative life, and it just doesn't mean anything in your work life. And it's hard to be like, well, does that mean my creative achievement didn't mean anything because it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. in my work life? Because I just, like, I felt good then, but now I'm back to not feeling like it because of I have to be a certain way in the certain world and certain aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I connected with um, and spoke to me. So sorry to get all heavy and deep. That's okay. So I think it holds up, and this, like I said, I was very excited to see that, have that emotion, and um, I think, like you said, this episode fires on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. I feel like all the different metrics, uh, similar to the TJ Maxx report card, (laughs) I I will give five stars. TJ Maxx won't give you five stars. I will give you five stars on the action, on the comedy, on the romance, romance. On the drama or the like emotional stuff, I thought it was just like everything was great. Yeah. So I had a hard time picking something to kill because yes. I liked it so much. He so did. That's I, why can, I, I can report my back on that. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think that of the three that we've watched so far, as I said, I think this was the strongest one. Um, I definitely would have no problem continuing um, after seeing this one. I think now that they've got the pilot stuff out of the way and the stuff they need to set up and now they're just kind of like letting this the spool unroll like they are they're going for it Mm -hmm. um i loved them like testing out the things that were like the themes and also the like way the action sequences like combine with real life sequences and everything like that i liked seeing them test that out because it did work and i'm excited to see it um more in future episodes so i would agree that it this one specifically held up great for me yes held up very very well good news of course this will be released later but as of in between the previous recording and this recording we have established our masthead 
if you will, yes. our presence on the internet. Yes, we now have an email account. Okay, which how is, would I email us if I wanted to? If you wanted to email us, you would email gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Sounds good. For questions, comments. Concerns. Concerns, Yeah. I guess. Yep. Um, I don't know what I would do if we received an email. Answer <laughs> I, it? Yeah. It would just we, be we, weird. We like, could read it on the air. Maybe. If it's not too private. If it's not too weird. Um, but if you have things that you want to say publicly, you can tweet at us at GoChuckPodcast. Cool. So. And that's on the Twitter.com. It's on the Twitter.com. Nice. So we look forward to hearing from you. If you have any thoughts about uh, Chuck in general, um, whether you watched it as a 14-year-old or whether you're watching it now, or whether you just really like checking yourself, let us know. I feel like we're going to hear a lot from that third group of people. <laughs> that's all right. Well, on that note, I think we've come full circle with go people chucking themselves at home. So, on that note, I've been Chris Gillespie. Remember, forever and always, food is sexy. And I've been Erin Arada, reminding you that anything is possible. And this has been Go Chuck Yourself. We'll see you next time. Drive safe. Uh, call your grandmother. Yeah. Did I say this exact same thing last time? I don't think you said call your grandma, so you could do that. Alright. That's fine. Bye! Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Hadokawa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us using at gochuckpodcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.